You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite NWSL club, OL Reign. Michelle Bados and Jasmine Spencer returned to Coffee and Valkyries after the Reign teammates appeared in their 2018 episode. With the duel returning from injuries that cut their 2019 season short, it's time to catch up with the goalkeeper and forward about their respective recoveries and more. So, Michelle, Jasmine, hello, and thank you for taking time to chat with us. How are you both doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be back on. Yep, it's great to have you guys back on. Um, first and foremost, uh, we've been asking this with your other uh, rain teammates as well. Hopefully, you and your loved ones are doing safe and well, uh, you know, given all that we're all going through right now. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think doing the best we can. I think everyone is, but yeah, happy, healthy. We're okay. Yep. All right. You both are um, obviously coming back into the 2020 season after going through an injury recovery. And one of the first questions we got from some of our listeners was about, um, you guys have been close, you grew up um, and have have been roommates in the past um, and are just, folks were just curious how both of you have been supporting one another as you recover from injuries. Yeah, I mean, I we'll, we'll both talk on this, I guess. But I mean, it's just like a crazy thing. I mean, we've said it since it happened. Like, we've both had really long careers. We've never had a big injury. Um, jazz goes down, and a month later, I just like hop on board, you know. And I think that, you know, we really like doing everything together. That wouldn't have been one of the things I chose. Um, it, to be honest, I think we've been really supportive of each other. But being completely honest and open, I was. I'm not proud of how I initially handled Jazz, Jazz's injury. Um, she went down in our Houston game, and I have played with Jazz for so long to know she's, like, tough as nails. So I'm like, gosh, and so Lou's running over to her, and I'm like, gosh, she's fine. We need to talk tactics. Like, we need to figure this out. And they're running over. I'm like, gosh, she's fine. And then, you know, they're trying to bring on the um, – yeah the stretcher and I'm like she doesn't need that she's fine it's jazz and they're like she needs this and then I find go to find out she's torn her ACL and I'm like I'm the worst friend in the world I thought she was just buying us some time I'm like she's experienced she's got this just buying some time so after that little blip I like to think we've been really supportive of each other (laughs) uh yeah I mean I'll never forget that to be honest because I was in disbelief that I actually hurt myself to the point I needed a stretcher. So I was kind of in the same boat as you, like, <laughs> what, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like me said, we've, we've been going through this together and um, picking each other up when we need and encouraging each other when we need. And we would never want to go through something like this together again, but mm-hmm. at, at least we had each other through it. Yeah. And Jasmine, were you at the match at the time when Michelle got injured or were you recovering? Actually, I was like only a week out of surgery. So I was Mm -hmm. on the couch watching and I remember it like I was there live. She like dove and I remember being like, oh, that looked kind of weird. And then when the camera panned back to her, she was still on the ground and I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And I had known that she had... um, 
just like some irritation in her Achilles before. And I was like, please don't let it be your Achilles. Please don't let it be your Achilles. So I texted her, obviously she's on the field, but I'm like, please tell me you're okay. Please tell me you're okay. And then like hours later when she finally got back to her phone, she was like, they're saying I tore my Achilles. And I was like, no, what is life right now? Like it was crazy. Um, and then, yeah, I had surgery back in New York and she had stayed in Seattle to have surgery. So we were kind of apart for our first mm-hmm. phase of rehab, but always checking in with each other and just like making sure we were in a good headspace. And yeah. Knowing her so as, as well as you do, was it surprising to you that she was like, just tape it up. I'm fine to close out the game. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> if we didn't have like the doctor come on the field and we were on a road trip, I for sure know she would have finished the game. Like the only reason they got her off the field is because we were home and it was our doctor who was like, you need to come off. Otherwise, Morgan Andrews would have never had to go and bowl. <laughs> and she yeah. would have been standing there. Yeah. Like, I still have a yeah. lot of resentment. Like I, I think I could have done it. Morgan did a great job. So in hindsight, it's fine. But like, I, I think I could have done it. Like who was it in the NBA that he finished his free throw after? Yeah. And now, and now I look soft. <laughs> You don't need a foot for a free throw. <laughs> I think I could have done that. Given that these were both very serious injuries and in a lot of cases um, career altering, were there any moment either like initially as it happened or like in the immediate days afterwards where either you were thinking, well, I don't know, this might be, this might be the one that uh, forced me to hang him up or was it your determination or maybe even stubbornness as a nope, not going out like this? You want to go first? Yeah, I, for me, and I know, I mean, I know Misha's going to say the same thing, but no, that was not even a doubt. Like, I think I had like a five second pity party for myself and was like, no, I tore my ACL. And then I was like, okay, what do I have to do next? What are my options? I'll be back. Smile on my face, like moving forward from there. Yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, I I actually remember having a conversation with Jazz. I don't remember if this was before or after I had gotten hurt, but I feel like you said something like, if anything, this just prolonged my career. You know, like, I feel like, you know, we've played for so long and, you know, everything has to come to an end at a certain point, but it just like all of a sudden and it happened to be at the same time, we had new challenges, you know, like this is something gratefully we've never had to go through before, but it was also like, no way are we going out like this? Like, no way are we not going out on our own terms? And I mean, I think both of us this entire time has been like, no way is this going to even like do anything but make us better after it. Like we plan on coming back as better athletes and players than before. And that was something like, I think like we just share that like mentality pretty, like it's not even like, oh, I have to convince her of that. Like, I don't think either one of us ever actually even needed reminding of that. It's nice to be around somebody who also believes that. But I think like, yeah, from the get-go, I mean, not to say there weren't hard days or difficult times, because there absolutely were, but just, like, the mentality of, like, this only being something that we use for good eventually. Yeah, I don't think that really wavered. Does it still, um, I guess, amaze or just find you, do you guys find it baffling how, while you two had these serious injuries, but then you guys weren't alone in that aspect? Because, as we know, last year's squad had their, pretty much everybody had spent some time on the injury injury report and then obviously you know Jess Fishlock has her ACL injury um multitude of other players getting uh long-lasting injuries does it just feel um 
did it really help help in that way in terms of like having that support of being able to provide you know comfort and advice to the other players who were having serious uh, injuries last year as well yeah i mean i think like i mean it was just it felt like a sick joke to be honest <laughs> like it just literally was like no no and like when Jess got hurt, we were, it was in Utah. So we were both watching the game. She's in New York. I'm in Seattle or Tacoma. And we're texting like, no, no, like no way. And, you know, I mean, and just, you know, they kept happening and it really, I mean, it was just like, we could empathize so much with that, you know, just the disappointment of going down and not having the rest of the season and stuff and understanding the impact on the club. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, of course, like within the process, it's been helpful. I mean, Jess is another person who's so mentally strong and, you know, driven. And so, you know, between the three of us, we would have Taylor in the, uh, in the weight room, JC last year, like, you know, you always knew that even because some days are harder than others. So you knew that even though everyone in there is motivated, like, you know, somebody's looking at you, you know, what you're doing is affecting the people around you, you know, if you're complaining, then, you know, it's going to bring other people down. So like, there is just an added motivation and especially us, like we're so used to being a part of a team. And I think when you get injured, not being a part of the team is actually, or like involved in the same way is one of the hardest things, but we actually had our own little like rehab team, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately that, you know, really drove us, you know, and we, you know, we have a rehab group chat that we stayed at, like stayed in touch with when Jess is in Australia and jazz is home and everything like that. So yeah, of course it was a helpful thing. Like, again, nothing we would wish for, but mm -hmm. definitely something that drove us all and helped us all. One of my favorite things when we were watching um, games, either live or um, on streams, was when they would pan to your group celebrating a goal. Um, yeah. And uh, while obviously the NWSL sem semifinal didn't end as we would have liked, the moment when Ify scored, and it showed all of you on the sideline was incredible. What was it like to watch that game um, for the two of you? I just got goosebumps. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was such an emotional roller coaster, to be honest. And it's like, you actually can feel emotions because yeah. like when you're in a game, like you don't, you don't feel it yeah. that way. You know, you're playing, you're so focused, you focus on your task. Like how could, what can you do immediately? But when you're detached, like, but still so involved, it's like, it literally, I mean, I, I, I guess it's like what, my parents feel like yeah. watching or like, I don't know, you know, like it was just like, you wanted it so badly. And it was just like such a crazy game and everyone's fighting so hard. Like mm -hmm. we were trying to like, see if we could give them water when they, you know, like just try to help them. Like we were talking to Darian as she's running up and down chasing, mm -hmm. I know a thousand North Carolina forwards, you know, like, so I think that like, we just like wanted to contribute every way we could and like send any energy we could. I mean, yeah. it was, yeah, it was like an emotional role coaster. Yeah. And the tough crowd, it, they usually you're in like a player's lead or kind of like maybe just behind the bench, but they had like we not had like normal for like yeah. 20 of us to be in a section. <laughs> so we were just mixed in with the North Carolina fans decked out in our rain gear, like, yeah. being like, ah! <laughs> Some girl was like, you know all their names. Yeah. He's like, are you a coach? Yeah, I was like, I'm a super fan. Um, yeah, so it was crazy. And I mean, we obviously wish we would have won and gone on to the final, but just to see the fight and pull that goal back and, and take yeah. it into overtime was, was like rewarding in itself after all the obstacles we had to go through throughout the season. It was an incredible game to watch for sure.
Yeah. Um, I promise we're not just going to talk about recovery and your injuries, but uh, we have better um, different questions. But what when we talked to you both, and it actually might have been when we talked to y'all in um, 2018, we heard about all of Michelle's um, torture devices that you use for strength training. Uh, has there been a memorable one that you've used during recovery? No, I, I try and block it all out. But honestly, like karma came back and got me because <laughs> the hardest part of my recovery has get, been getting my range of motion. And it's because it needs constant like stretching and rolling out and like soft tissue. And I never did that. And if you go back and play that 2018 interview, it's probably me being like, she's crazy. She rolls out and stretches all the time. Joke's on me because here I am now like crying, trying to roll and stretch just to get my knee to bend. So karma got me on that one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good really lesson for us all. <laughs> um, also, yeah, I mean, she's definitely blocked it out because I literally, she can't like when part of the like process is getting your knee to bend a certain way. And so I've literally been like, had her breathe and I just like sit on her knee um, and like her fiance will do it. And she, you know, she'll yell at him and he'll stop. And I'm like, no, like we're, we're doing this. And I'm like cupping her the other day. She was like crying, like breathing, biting a pillow because we're using like a massage gun and cups and stuff like that. So yeah, I like to think that my, my tools are coming in handy. So yeah, they are, they are. I will admit now, <laughs> so as the team in the resident league waits for to see when it'll be safe for you guys to re return to training and hopefully get uh, something of a 2020 season underway, where are each of you in your respective recoveries and rehabs from your injuries? Um, I am right on the bubble of being officially cleared, um, just because right when we had to shut down operations is when I was like being reintroduced to team training. I'm sure I will be cleared when we can resume, but officially speaking, I haven't gotten the green light. Um, but yeah, so I'd say I'm very, very close. Um, yeah, I'm good to go. I, uh, on field, one of the things that, you know, the doctor, the hardest part on field when I got hurt was that I, I was like, okay, just tell me how long. And the doctor said nine to 12 months. And I just looked at our assistant coach and I was like, no, no. And they were like, I mean, that, that's like typically what it takes. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And then um, when I went to my surgeon, he's like, honestly, like, you know, given your whatever, everything, we, like I could see six months you getting cleared. He's like, that's the earliest I've seen six months. So like I intentionally set my date to like, see if I could get cleared four days short of six months and got cleared on that day. So I got cleared late November. Um, and I've just been like training and playing since. So yeah, I'm good to go. I mean, there's just like a continual maintenance process of just strengthening and whatever, but like, there's never a time on field that I'm ever thinking about my foot, which was like my goal. You know, I didn't want this to be something I had to think about when I was playing. So yeah, like I actually talked to Blacko the other day and he thinks it's like so funny that like I have to wait longer to train because you know, <laughs> Like he's like, oh my god! I just think of Mish like training this whole time, and now she can't train. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Like, whatever. but um, yeah. So I'm like ready, raring, good to go. So, so um, speaking of Latko, this off season there was you know quite a number of changes for the rain. You guys had to say goodbye to a lot of the players that you brought in because of the injuries. 
OL group has come in as new owners and Blackco obviously moved on to the national team and now you have a new coach. Um, what's that process been like for you guys? What sorts of conversations you know, has the team had and have you guys had on that? I actually have not been that involved because my rehab was so individual when the team was coming back in. I think I had one half of a session, if that, with Fareed and the new coaching staff, and then we got shut down. So maybe Mish can speak a little bit more on that. Yeah, I mean, it's been great. You know, I think that Blacko leaving was really, really hard for all of us. And I think it was like, you know, we thought he did such a good job. And especially last year, you know, the way everything went, like, I think when we thought about 2020, we thought about him being here and like building on what we've done, you know, and I think so I think that was like, a hard hit, but in, you know, in the best way possible, because obviously we were so happy for him. Um, but I think coming into this year, like the thing we knew was that, I mean, Rain has always had a great coach, you know, they had Laura Harvey, then they had Blacko, like we know the Predmores take care of us. And even though, you know, we have new ownership in now, like they're, you know, when we got that call from them about things changing, like they were going to take care of us, they were going to do it right. And so, and I think they have, you know, I think, you know, it's, hard to say completely, but I think, you know, we just had a week with Fareed and I think there's a lot of respect for him already, you know, I mean, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, there's a lot to be learned from all of us. And, you know, we're doing zoom tactics and things like that and trying to gain understanding of how he wants to play and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I, we just like, as a group, I think we're just like so ready to go. And so driven by everything we've gotten close to everything we've done what we were able to do last year despite everything and everybody individually and collectively I think is so ready to go that I think it's just like all going to come together whenever that day you know whenever we get the go ahead. How's it been for both of you getting to know your new teammates obviously being that you are NWSL veterans it's kind of like everybody knows everybody anyways but then there's still you know a select group that are brand new to the league but how's it been in terms of getting to know them? Obviously, you guys can't uh, meet in person, but so all your meetings have gone through video conferencing. How's that, how's that process been for you guys? It's been difficult. Yeah, it's been really difficult. You know, we, you know, we knew each other for a week. And even, you know, some of the girls didn't even come in yet, whether it's they were coming from Australia or whatever was going on. So, yeah, it's been really difficult. You know, it's difficult to be in, like, a building with your teammates and, like, not be able to go see them you yeah. know it's a, it's a weird concept um I mean I think we've just you know as veterans across and just returners across the board I think we've just been making sure like sending texts checking in how are you doing are you okay like this is really hard you know and you know we have like zoom meetings as a team and things like that like we're trying right now to organize some 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 kind of like teammate trivia night yeah. or something, you know, I mean, we're really having to try to get creative, which I would say like, is not our strong suit in terms of this. Cause usually it's so easy to hang out, you know, mm -hmm. if, if anything, you need a little time away cause you spend so much time together. So yeah, I mean, I think we've been just trying to like, get, I mean, like you said, we know of people like a Danny Weatherholt, like I, mm -hmm. I've never played with her, but I know people who know her. So we all know each other, but um yeah, it's been really unique. So we've just been trying to, you know, reach out and do the best we can. And, you know, between team calls, like with the coaches and on our own, just, yeah, trying to make it work and be ready to go. You know, thinking about when preseason does return, um, Michelle, this is actually a question for you. One position that I never, ever played, have played in soccer is goalkeeper. I stayed far away from it. But um, the Sounders goalkeeper, Stefan Fry, recently was talking about 
how he spends his preseason and talking about how he basically like bruises his body over and over so it doesn't hurt as much in the future when you fall. Okay. Is that something that you do as a goalkeeper as well? Uh, I've never done that. I mean, I guess like in theory you do that. I in mean, theory, I, I guess is what he meant. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's doing something right, so I'll take notes. But um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, usually my goal coming into preseason is that preseason feels pretty easy for me. Like I think as a goalkeeper, your loads are so much higher when you're training than when you're actually playing, you know, because really when you're playing, you're not hitting the ground as much and stuff. You're not making as many saves, but in training, you're doing it over and over again. So I try to train in my off season, especially this year coming back from stuff. I was really trying to overload um, and come to a place that once I got in with the team and it was more like controlled environment that I, my body's taken those hits, you know? So there is something to it. Like probably this was the first time for a chunk of time where I wasn't diving. And the first day I got back from my calf diving, I was like, oh, my neck, like hitting the ground, like, wow, that hurts, you know, and I haven't had to adjust like that in years. Um, but yeah, but by the time I come into a preseason, I always want to feel like, okay, I've done my heaviest loads already. So now I feel good. And this all feels normal. My body's ready for this. And yeah, just being, you know, slightly maniacal about the recovery aspect after. But um, yeah, I don't know if I would like say deliberate bruising, but <laughs> it's probably pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I also read, is it true your dad was a goalkeeper? Yeah, he was. Um, he played, so my dad, my dad was born in America, but grew up in Greece. His family's Greek. And um, yeah, he he played professionally in Greece from when he was 15 as a goalkeeper. Um, and then he actually got drafted into the Greek army and was going to lose his U.S. citizenship. So he came to America and then went to Vietnam. So actually his soccer career was cut pretty short but he did play professionally for a while and it's funny because as a kid he never told me that and he never wanted to pressure me or force me or make me feel like I needed to do anything so I would come home and talk to him about soccer stuff and he'd be like well why don't you try and do it like this I'm like dad you don't know what you're talking about like, <laughs> you know until I was like 12 or 13 he's like yeah I played pro and like whipped out these like black and white pictures I'm like I mean that would have been nice to know but like yeah so yeah it's pretty cool though so you chose it independent of even knowing initially. Yeah, yeah oh, wow. I really had no idea, which is pretty crazy. Does he give you advice now? Um, and like yes. looking back at past, uh, you know, like game film? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I probably don't listen to him still. I mean, he's just like so old school. Like he hates like goalkeepers, like being aggressive and coming off their line and stuff because that's just not how they played. And every time he's like, oh, oh no, that's wrong. And I'm like, well, <laughs> then you tell Rocky that because like that's, <laughs> That's the game now, but I mean, yeah, he still like reads the game well, and I mean, he always has an opinion for sure, but yeah, it's so fun to talk soccer with him, and anytime we're hanging out, that's what we're doing, just watching soccer. And Jasmine, I know um, you started at your own clothing company or started with headbands uh, year, a few years ago. Maybe you've had a little bit more time recently to focus a little bit more on it, um, um, how is Jazz It Up going and what, how has it grown? Yeah, it's going well. It's been really fun. I, uh, like you said, I had a lot of time on my hands and I was actually trying to figure out a way that I could kind of use my platform better because <clears throat> the headbands had been, I transitioned them into eco-friendly fabrics and I was like, wanted people to become aware of you know, how pollutant the fashion industry is. And I was like, maybe headbands and scrunchies like aren't cutting it. Maybe I should just 
dive in and really relaunch this as a clothing line. And I went for it and it's been so fun. It's been received really well. Um, and my soon to be sister-in-law has actually already been working in the fashion industry for like five, six years. So I've brought her on board as um, my partner and gotten to go behind the scenes and um, like see how clothes are made. We've got our uh, factory partnership and we got some really exciting things that are going to come out later this summer. So yeah, it's been fun. How does, how does the process, I'm naive to clothes getting made. I can't, I can sew maybe a pillow. What is, what is the process of what you do like to design hats and headbands and more now? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's any different than any other designer, but the materials we're using are, um, at least 50% recycled material. So the items that I have available right now are all made from 50% organic cotton and 50% recycled polyester. And they, they're from recycled plastic bottles. So there are companies that basically take the bottles and other plastic goods that are recycled. They shred them down into little chips, melt them, and then spin them into yarn. And that yarn is then made into fabric. And so then we're making clothes out of that fabric. So it's really cool because it's encouraging people to recycle. And we, we all know like how bad single-use plastic is for our oceans and, and our environment. And so I feel like I can kind of encourage people to be even more conscious about it and either stray away or, you know, sometimes it's inevitable that you need to use single use plastic, but um, if you can just try and recycle it. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> if you could collaborate with anyone when it comes to uh, your clothing line, who would you want to work with? Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, ooh got some ideas floating around. Um, I would say the market that I want to be in is probably somewhere in between what Adidas does with Parlay and Patagonia. So I feel like I, Adidas is the sports brand and Patagonia is the lifestyle brand. And I'm just trying to like thread the line right between the two of them um, to try and, you know, inspire as many people as possible. So some, maybe those two companies, maybe I can get us all in, in a room one day and bounce some cool ideas off of each other. <laughs> awesome. We're it's not making any promises, but last time <laughs> we were chatting with Bethany Balser and talked about her love for Crocs <laughs> and we started to campaign for a Crocs sponsorship and heard they reached out to her. So We'll, we'll, we'll do our part to try for you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Making dreams come true. <laughs> Related to that, any uh, hot takes about um, Bethany Balser's uh, fascination with, with Crocs? I feel like, I mean, we've known Beth for a year and there's like still no figuring her out. <laughs> the girl rocks it. She owns it. And, I mean, she's done well for herself. So if those Crocs keep scoring goals or those boats of hers, then... Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about it. Same. <laughs> all right. uh, going back a little bit to you guys um, being in quarantine together, uh, is there have there been any fun go-to activities that you guys have done over these last few months? I feel like life doesn't look that much different yeah. for us. Like we're old, pretty lame people. <laughs> and so Jazz's fiance is here. So she's like all set. I mean, we train at least twice a day mm -hmm. and then 
you know, like I'm recovering, I'm taking care of my body. Jazz is changing the fashion industry. And yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like we see Beth and Kelsey doing all these fun things. And I'm like, oh, back when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but right exactly. now I'm just going to like sit here in my Norma text and get yeah. ready for the next day. Um, no Jersey yeah. Shore rewatches then. We've moved on from Jersey Shore. We've upgraded, I guess. And we've, we've come together for a couple of things. Yeah. Like I've been more open to watching like TV that fries my brain just because I do it <laughs> one more time. So we just finished Little Fires, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which was a good show. We're watching the Jordan documentary, which yeah. I can always get on board with. Yes. Um, we were up to date with This Is Us. That just finished. This yeah. That just finished. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing like to write home about, unfortunately. <laughs> I've been on a lot of Zoom meetings, talking to uh, college kids and goalkeepers. That's like a big passion of mine. So that's been fun to be able to do that and be able to connect that way. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing that yeah. fun, nothing Instagram worthy, really. <laughs> well, speaking of Instagram, though, um, Jasmine, you did a little Q&A for OL Rain um, a while back on Instagram and may have teased Michelle's snack habits a little bit. Uh, are there any snack items in her cupboard that you would steal? No, <laughs> literally not one. We literally were just talking about how she had a breakdown the other day. Her fiance has some good stories. You should get a him on here. But I wasn't home and she was like making pancakes and realized they ran out of syrup and then went into my cabinet and I have like a sugar-free like paleo it's like no calorie <laughs> sugar-free yeah I've been and doing that. apparently she threw temper tantrum I was like why even have syrup like and refused to put it on her pancakes um but yeah 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 no I there's literally not one snack that you have snacks there. but like like I just made dinner oh yeah that's and you true. Eat, like if I can and like now she's gotten into the habit of don't tell me what's in this. Don't tell me what hell you should stuff. Sorry. <laughs> you made it up. Um, I just want to eat it. And if I like it, then I'll ask you what's in it later. Like she, so she now asked me after dinner, what did I just eat? Well, that took her into eating some good stuff. Yeah. So that's a, a nice segue into another um, Instagram related question uh, that we have. So um, as a team has been doing some Instagram Q and A's, Michelle, your name keeps coming up as a person that teammates would either absolutely love or hate to be quarantined with. <laughs> so this is a two-part question. Have you been taking notes as to who's on Team Michelle or not? And um, the second part is, what would be the elevator pitch for why Michelle Betos would be an awesome quarantine housemate? <laughs> Wow. I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been pretty honored. I've been pretty offended. I'm going to be honest. Like, I just feel like it, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. I haven't seen some of them coming either way. So it's been a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I like to think, I mean, I, I provide easy company because I literally like, I'm just going to take care of my body, read, like you don't even know I'm there um, unless I'm making you dinner um good friend love to chat like i'll drive you home i mean not during this time but if you want to go to a party i'll support that i'm not going to partake but i will pick up pick you up and drive you home um yeah no i mean i don't know <laughs> i mean i see everybody's point like i'm i'm a lot jazz like has this like really incredible ability to just tune things out and i think i'm one of them so if i go on one of my rants about healthy eating or brain health or the next 
you know, the newest supplement I'm trying, she's just gone. And, you know, I've, I've gotten off my soapbox and we're both happy because she hasn't listened and I'm babbling. So yeah, I mean, I think it takes like a, a special kind of person, I guess. Yeah. We're, we're a good balance. I feel like yeah. a consistent yeah. answer we got that I mean, like, people gave on that question was, it seems like you can do anything. Like there's oh. nothing. I would like to interject <laughs> and, and actually the people who, don't want to be quarantined with Michelle have a better outlook on what life would be because I think they see her as like she can do it all but really like she struggles with quite a few things like sense of direction for one you know Jeff's but like she would want to be stuck in an island yeah. or something and Jeff's like are you kidding me she can't even get to the stadium like she's lost Beth like running through I my brain whatever part of your brain it has a directional sense like I'm missing it I can't understand <laughs> if I'm supposed to go left I will always go right like it's just I need Jazz to get me everywhere so she's like she's gonna get too lost she's gonna get hangry if she doesn't ever paleo yep. bagels and like exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely can't do it all but I appreciate <laughs> that I give off that <laughs> so, so an air of confidence Speaking of food, we've heard some rumors that there could be an OL Rain cookbook coming out out of this quarantine. Do you, are you guys planning to contribute anything to that? And if so, what would be your go-to recipe? Uh, yeah, Jazz will I not. I will not. No. She'll just put Pop-Tart and yeah. it's one ingredient. <laughs> Pop-Tart. Um, I, yeah, I definitely will. That was Rosie's idea, which was actually pretty cool. And I mean, I think a lot of the girls are into like healthy cooking and eating. And now just with so much more time, people are like just doing it a lot more. Um, and you know, grocery store is like one of the only places you can really go. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I think that was supposed to be just for us, but if, you know, people are interested, I'm sure we'd share with the, yeah. the public. That'd be fun. Yeah. We cut, we, we asked, um, Morgan Andrews about it and she basically told us that there was going to be a cookbook coming out. So I think now we just now are asking everyone else on the team, you know, if they have a recipe to contribute, but I think it's going to get to the point where like our influence just like with Bethany Balsa and Crocs that us talking about is going to have people, we're creating a demand for you guys. <laughs> I think, I think we can do that. Uh, Allie's been really on me to make a book called Nana's Nibbles, which Ooh. is a terrible name I'm aware, but she wants me to make a cookbook of like my, me being Nana, an old woman <laughs> and nibbles being for like athletes and stuff. Um, so you can ask her about that if we talk to her. <laughs> We'll be sure to do that. <laughs> you guys mentioned watching some TV shows together. Um, if you, what uh, TV show, past or present, would you guys like to be an extra on if you had the opportunity? Wow. Can it be a movie? Sure. Because I immediately thought Space Jam. Ooh, that that's a good one. So fun. And you'd actually be good at and it. Drink, and drink Mike's secret yeah, stuff. Yeah, and do the super long dunk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, my, that's my pick. I don't know if I that's would That's a good one. I, oh, you know what TV show? I would want to be on um, MTV's The Challenge. Oh, good I'm one. obsessed with that show, and I swear I could win. Yeah, you could do it. And I bet you could. Really well do really well with the drama yeah because you just like sit yeah with my popcorn yeah. <laughs> be like, mm. yeah. Yeah. they might force you to be a little more controversial i know i always yeah. thought like if i tried out they probably wouldn't pick me because i wouldn't add any drama yeah. to the show yeah but 
maybe when I'm retired, I might explore my options. Yeah, <laughs> Amazing Race would be a cool one, yeah, too. Yeah, that would be, that's actually a better one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you don't have to be dramatic. Yeah. Would you two enter The Amazing Race as a team? Not with Michelle's direction ability. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, we'll be such a good team. No, I'm kidding. That would be good. And you lead us. Like yeah. You go faster than me, and I'll yeah. just pick up the rear. <laughs> yeah, you, you could decipher some clues better. And yeah, we, we balance each other out. We might make good teams. Yeah, I think that. we could do that. Jasmine, we have some questions that uh, are for you, but these are questions that we've asked Michelle, uh, Michelle uh, last season also other uh, rain teammates so um these are like the fun ones or at least one of them is like a super serious uh debate that's kind of divided the uh rain locker room actually so jasmine where do you stand on pineapple on pizza no 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 warm oven baked pineapples yep. no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you do share food tastes Okay, next question. If a movie was going to be made about your life, Jasmine, who plays you? Ooh. Um, hmm. Maybe that girl we just watched in Little Fires. I liked her. What's her name? Carrie Washington? No, but her daughter. I don't know her name in real life. Pearl is her character, but (sighs) she's a good actress, and she has nice curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good one. Yeah, I pick her. Do you know who Michelle said last year for her? <laughs> I just tried to think what that is. No, who did you say? I don't know. Who did um, I can't think of her name all of a sudden. It was Sandra Bullock. Oh, Sandra Bullock. I, 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 I would have okay. get that would have been my one guess. And if Sam Lady is listening, he will be very happy. He only calls me Sandy. <laughs> That was what you said last year, too. Okay. You'll have to ask Sam about the story. He's <laughs> inconsistent. <laughs> and then, uh, Jasmine, I just looked it up. Uh, the actress that plays um, the girl that you're talking about, uh, her name is Lexi Underwood. Lexi Underwood. I like her. She's, yeah, she's a boss. Good. Yeah, she's good. Okay, Jasmine, if you were in charge of the team's match day playlist, what three songs are going on there? Ooh. Oh, man, I'm on the spot. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think on the spot. Honestly, the first song that came to my mind was the Space Jam theme. <laughs> <laughs> you can come with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that is hard. Is there any particular like song or type of music you like to listen to before games to kind of pump yourself up or get prepared? Yeah, I think that's the problem. Like, I I like everything, and because I haven't really gone anywhere, I haven't heard anything new, and I'm not living on social media, really, so, like, I am I feel like I couldn't even tell you what new songs are out. I also feel like you're the, le- the most laxed. Like, yeah. I'm like, I have to eat this, do this, do that, do I'm that, chilling. and Jazz's like, yeah, it's game time. Yeah, I'm just chilling. Yeah. I'm not really dancing, or, yeah. or, or I'm just yeah yeah i'm just there yeah i'm not dancing because i can't dance jazz can dance she just chooses not to unless it's an appropriate time yeah uh michelle um i'll go back to you for a second um is there a particular striker or shooter in the league who you feel like is the hardest to read or has like the most difficult shots to face 
I mean, there's so many talented strikers in this league. Like, it's funny because I've played with quite a bit of them too. You know, like I played with Sink and Tobin in Portland and, you know, Jody's here. We have Pino here who's like broken my thumb twice on even while on my team. Um, so like, I mean, that would be so hard. A Christian Press is so crafty, but I think like I will just say that like I'm not mad that Sam Kerr left the league. So like, I'm sorry for Chicago, but I'm not sorry she's gone. So yeah, I mean, there's there's too many to pick just one. I think yeah. Amir Edwards is a great striker. Like there's just so many that I think are like, have so many intangibles, you know, they're, they're great finishers, they're fast, they're crafty, they read goalkeepers well, but I mean, Sam Kerr's just like, package yeah, deal. yeah, I'm, I'm not sad to see her go, I don't think any goalkeeper is. <laughs> Jasmine, on the other side, is there a defender that you're just like, every time you're like, oh my goodness, could you please not be near me? Mm-hmm. Um, not really, I kind of like, like matching up against the, uh, who I would classify as the best best defenders I feel like people I don't want to be around are maybe like just clumsy people because they found me and that's probably (laughs) what annoys me more so I'm up for the challenge and for me like they can stop me nine times I just need to get past you once to be satisfied so I feel like it's a different mentality um so yeah bring it on everybody (laughs) Jasmine as a forward what's more uh exciting for you nutmegging the defender or juking them out of their shoes yeah. Ooh. Um, I would say juke. I try not to get close to anybody, to be honest. When you wonder why I'm so fast, it's because I, everyone's so much bigger than me that I don't want to be around them. So I, I would hope not to be close enough, really, to even have to worry about trying to make somebody. Blow right by them. <laughs> Michelle, as a keeper, uh, what's more uh, thrilling for you? stopping a one-on-one shot or going up in the air to uh, intercept a cross that, you know, mm. you know that opposing's try, uh, trying to connect on? Personally, like, juking a defender. Um, <laughs> you know, um, no, I, that's actually so hard because I think, like, catching a cross in traffic is, like, when there's a ton of people around, it's, like, one of the, like, best feelings, like, coming for that. I just, since I was a kid, that's something I love so much. But I think, like, stopping a breakaway actually just like saves your team you know and I so I think that's like a different feeling you know like we've been caught out something's gone wrong if it's one-on-one so I think that's an incredible feeling because I feel like that really keeps the team in a game so it's hard to pick one because I think that those are actually two of my favorite moments of the game I think it's when she stops breakaways <laughs> I yeah. genuinely have so much belief in her that I don't really get worried when people are on breakaways I'm like she's got it and then I start peeling out <laughs> one thing we talked about in 2018 um was just some of the new ways you were thinking about the game with blotco and all the um video you were watching how you think about defending um and we talked a little bit of at that time around the context of the men's world cup since that's what it was um thinking last year about the women's world cup uh was there anything you guys were watching for in particularly or just like what big takeaways did you have from the world cup last year my biggest thing i just i mean there, it was a bit ago now but i remember being like i thought it was really cool to see the level of goalkeeping within the world cup i mean i just think like it's 
you know, you know, you know, the U.S. has been good. Germany's been good for a while now, France. But, like, to see, like, I mean, Chile's goalkeeper did so well. Like, there were just goalkeepers in the World Cup from, you know, all different nations that I thought did so well. So that was really fun for me to see, just see, like, the evolution of goalkeeping and, you know, from all the teams and, you know, different styles and things like that. So that was, I thought that was cool to see. I remember really appreciating that aspect. Yeah, I think just how competitive it's getting there were very few games that were really one-sided and it was just so excited to see how close all the competition is getting um which is great to see that means people are investing in women's soccer and putting money in those programs and and other countries are building just as we are so yeah seeing the netherlands who have consistently Mm -hmm. been progressing like and clearly they're doing something right Mm -hmm. over there that's really cool yep it was their first World Cup in 2015, if I remember correctly. Like, yeah, it was something yeah. like that. Yeah. And on the Euros, like, I, like it just like, yes, yeah, and Spain seems really mm-hmm. exciting. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Argent- I just remember, I think that Argentine, Argentine goalkeeper, who she was like, had, the, had some children, retired, came yeah. back, and she yeah. had like an incredible yeah. game against. England, I think it was, yeah, or something. Yeah, she yeah. them in games. Yeah, it yeah. was crazy. Yeah, and it was across the board, and so many different stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. Another thing from the World Cup last year was um, the use of video uh, replay and how it was really frustrating uh, at how basically the Women's World Cup was basically used as a guinea pig for the implementation of video replay. Michelle, as a goalkeeper, were you just pulling your hair out at just how many times penalties were retaken because of how stringent um, they were using video replay to say, oh, the keeper came off her line early. Yeah, I mean, just, yes, like for the goalkeeper, I mean, that poor Scotland goalkeeper, I don't even remember the the details of it now, but I remember being like that, like, I think she got called twice in the same game. Is that what it was? Or I don't know, but yeah, it changed the game so much, and I felt like to go into a competition like that, and I mean, it changes the trajectory of these girls' lives. Like you work your whole life for something like this and then you're just gonna, you know, try something new. And, you know, even for defenders, I felt like they couldn't clear through a ball to clear mm-hmm. a ball without it being a foul. So I just remember thinking like, I mean, as a goalkeeper and as a defender and like just playing like from a defensive standpoint was really, it, you had to play differently. Like yeah. I think that changed the games and I think that's really unfortunate. Um, I'm jumping uh, around quite a bit, but um, this week on our blog and on other blogs across the country that are part of the SB Nation Network, it's Jersey Week, um, and um, you both have um, some numbers that you've kind of consistently played with on your jerseys. What, um, although Michelle, I thought maybe this year you've changed your number, uh, but what's been the inspiration behind the numbers you guys have had for your careers? Um, so... I'm the third born in my family. I have two older brothers and we've always worn one, two, and three. Um, and actually I haven't worn three as a professional because there's always been a veteran player who's had it in front of me. And so I just try and keep a combination of either one, two, and three. And when I came to Seattle, the only combination available was 22. So hmm. that's where I got 22 from. Yeah, so I've always worn 18 because I actually had two goalkeeper coaches, two different goalkeeper coaches growing up that were 18, and I've actually never cared that much about a number, but when I had to pick, like, I thought that they were pretty instrumental in me getting, you know, to where I am and everything, so that's why I had 18, but actually, this was the first team I came to, or first situation I was in that the number one wasn't taken, and that's my dad's number, 
and like he has wanted me to wear that for so long and it means way more to him like he already has an all rain shirt before like all rain shirts were sold because like he insisted I like make him one I had to like get the logo like make one and he's just like wearing it you know he's more ready for season and more uniformed for season than we are because he has Eidos one on his back so <laughs> I mean to me it's pretty insignificant at the end of the day but I'd do anything to make him smile so <laughs> growing up what was uh each of your favorite uh uh, team jerseys to uh, wear when they were all five sizes too big yeah. yeah I mean I remember having this like ridiculous like purple sequined goalkeeper jersey like you know around five or six that I thought was like amazing um I do remember that and I loved like my Georgia uniform like I just thought it was cool and we got you know as we were seniors we got to pick um but yeah I would go with like I had a sequined purple sequin to goalkeeper jersey and then like a pink goalkeeper jersey with like um number my number all over it. I think it was zero zero with like a thousand zero zeros all over <laughs> I don't even know where you find these things but yeah goalkeeper jerseys back in the yeah, day were pads. yeah they were <laughs> yeah but um I don't know I feel like one of my youth clubs it was just like a local town team we were called the hurricanes but like h-e-r we were like ahead of the time <laughs> hurricanes <laughs> um we had unicorns on the front of our jerseys <laughs> and they were like kicking a soccer ball i need to find that I, <laughs> yeah that sounds incredible <laughs> yeah, i do actually have a picture too and it's a extra small and it, it comes down to my elbow it probably, fits you. <laughs> it probably does fit me out oh my god i love baby jazz pictures <laughs> was, yeah just always been tiny never grew <laughs> well i know we're we've kept you for a while and it's been so fun but um perhaps we will let you say goodbye but ask you um as we close out if you have any shout outs or just overall messages to fans who are listening to this um i i just want to say hang in there we're we're in the same situation as you and we're all fighting for the greater good and if any of our fans are essential workers thank you so much for all that you're doing to keep us and others safe and we appreciate you hopefully we can get back out on the field soon yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, first of all, thank you to everyone, every essential worker out there. I mean, I think, yeah, I think this has been a really weird time, just, you know, in terms of perspective, you know, understanding what's important, what's not, and, you know, just the sacrifices people are making right now are incredible. So thank you so much. Um, and to fans, yeah, just like stick with us, bear with us. I mean, know we're preparing, you know, we're not team training, we're, you know, following the rules of the state and the country right now, but like we are all preparing like mentally, physically, individually, like collectively on Zoom, like we are just using this like an extended preseason. So like we have said, like we will do, like our team will be ready for the season. Um, so I hope that you guys are getting geared up and that whatever it looks like, just know we'll be ready, we're staying ready. And yeah, we can't wait to see you guys. Like we can't stress that enough. Well, Michelle and Jasmine, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us for another appearance on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys.